Welcome back to the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you've ever watched my YouTube videos, odds are you probably know how terrible I am at the introductions and that the introductions in my YouTube videos are the hardest part for me to get through. And you would know that because Rico, my videographer, and I, we always put my bloopers at the very beginning of the video, the bloopers of me just trying to get through the introduction, which for whatever reason is really, really hard for me to get through. Once I can plow through the introduction, the rest goes fine. But the introduction is always the the most difficult for me. Well, as it turns out, it seems like it's the exact same thing for solo podcast. When I'm doing it with a guest, totally fine. But when it's just me talking here in my kitchen by myself, it's very easy for me to get in my head and to just stop recording and try and do it over again because I want it to be perfect. But this is literally my 10th attempt at an introduction for this single episode. So I'm calling it here. This is going to be it. Whatever we get out of this episode, this is what it's going to be. I can't do another introduction. I just got to gotta plow through and keep going. So I don't want to give away what I'm going to be talking about in this episode or or what I hope to get out of this episode just yet. Rather, what I'm going to start with is just I'm going to dive right into a story. And there are several stories I want to discuss with you today. But we're going to begin with a story that takes place in July of 2011, which is actually pretty cool because now it's July of 2020. So it's exactly nine years later. And what happened in July of 2011 is I created my first ever website, sciatfitness.com, which you can go to it right now. Granted, it's a very different looking website with a lot more content. The website that I had in July of 2011 looked awful. It was, it was a free template that I had from WordPress and it was just, it was terrible. It looked terrible. It was very difficult to read. As I continued to make content on it and people started to follow my website, I would get people saying, hey man, your articles are great, but your website looks like shit. So it just gives you an idea of really how bare bones and awful it was. But either way, July 2011, made my first fitness website, sciatfitness.com. And at the same time, I also started posting free content across all of the social media platforms that were available to me, which at the time were Facebook on my personal page. I didn't have a business page, just my personal page on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn. And then I also did uh, Google Plus and a, a fitness website called Fitocracy, which I don't even believe still exists. But basically what I wanted to do was model myself after the people I most admired in the fitness industry. And by the way, many of these coaches are still the ones who I admire the most. Eric Cressy, Tony Genelcore, Pavel Satsulin, Dan John. These were all coaches in the fitness industry who had huge audiences purely built on the foundation of giving away tremendously helpful content for free. And that's that to me was the pinnacle of a successful coach. I didn't know at the time, by the way, that online coaching was a possibility. To my knowledge, online coaching in 2011 was not a thing. I didn't know paypal.com existed. Instagram did not exist yet. The idea of coaching people online and, and being able to build a successful business from that was not even in my realm of possibility. It wasn't in my idea of reality yet. Literally, all I wanted to do was post free content that helped people. And that was it because I wanted to do what those I admired were doing. 
So I started posting on my website once a week, once or twice a week on my website, writing a new article. And then every day, at least three times a day on my Facebook page, LinkedIn page, Twitter page, um, Google Plus and Photocracy, I was posting just tips and tricks. I, I would often call them strength lessons. So every morning I would wake up and I'd write strength lesson and then I'd write a, a tip or a trick or a hack or whatever it was. And it could have been strength training. It could have been nutrition, could have been mindset, motivation, anything. Well, later that month, it, I think it was exactly several weeks into me posting several times a day, every single day, I got an email from an old family friend of mine. Now, I'm not going to say this gentleman's name because the story I'm about to tell you is going to paint him in sort of a negative light, but I don't want people to think of him negatively. Uh, he's really a wonderful man. Uh, he, he treated my family and I incredibly, incredibly well. I think what I'm about to tell you the story, he could have just been caught on a, on a bad day. But either way, I hadn't seen him in several years. He was a family friend of mine. Basically, the relationship was my older brother, Lee is his name, had a best friend. I believe they're still very good friends to this day, but he had a best friend. And his father, the best friend's father, was this guy who sent me an email one day. And, and again, we were very close family friends, the whole family. So my brother, his best friend, and his parents, we were all very good family friends, family to family. We would take family vacations together. We would have Friday night dinners together. We were very close growing up for many years. So I think it's important to paint that picture because I really looked up to this guy. He helped me a lot growing up. He was, uh, he was just a really good guy who was, I think he was a great father, a great husband, and a great friend. And soon after I started posting a lot of content on social media every single day, multiple times a day, I got an email from him. And essentially what he wrote was, Jordan, your fitness posts are clogging up my LinkedIn feed. Stop posting them. And I was absolutely livid that this guy who I looked up to for so long and who I thought of as very much like a father figure would take the time out of his day to discourage me from trying to help people. Cause that's, that's all I was trying to do. I was just trying to give out free content that helped people. And to get an email from him, basically not only telling me to stop posting, but also telling me that the content was more or less clogging up his feed. It hurt bad. And <laughs> I remember I wrote him an email back and I said, well, if you don't like it, you can unfollow me. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure I dropped an F-bomb or two in that reply uh, and I didn't hear back from him. I didn't hear back from him, but I did get a call from my mom not long after who was very upset that I had wrote that rude reply back to him. And I told my mom, I was like, listen, he doesn't have to like my stuff, but he also shouldn't be telling me what and what not to do, especially when I'm just trying to help people for free. I'm just trying to help give them the tools they need to succeed with their strength training and nutrition. And unfortunately, my mom didn't really get it at the time either. My mom didn't understand what I was doing or why I was doing it. So she she more or less sided with our family friend saying, like, you, you can't talk like that to him. You can't say that to him. And realistically, I probably was a little bit over the top angry, but 
I still, I still think that I, I was in the right. Either way, I tell you this story because I think I'm very lucky that you know I was, I was young. I was a kid. I was, I was in college. I was a, I was a freshman in college at the time. I got an email from someone who I really looked up to and admired, basically telling me to stop doing what I was doing. And I think that many other people in that situation would have stopped. I think many other people in that same exact situation would have said, all right, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm, I'm not going to post anymore. Keep in mind, this was just several weeks in. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't make any money off of the stuff I was doing. I didn't, that didn't happen for a long time, for years, right? So there weren't many reasons to keep me going. There weren't, I didn't have any clients. I didn't have, I didn't have any online coaching clients at the time. I didn't have any, any huge grounding reason to be like, you know, I must keep posting content other than just in my heart. I felt like that's really what I wanted to do. It's what I loved doing. It's what the people who I admired the most continuously did. So I kept doing it, but I very much believe many other people would have stopped as soon as someone they someone told them, stop doing this, it's annoying. And several years later, it must've been 2016, 2017. So, so well into my, my career at this point, I ended up going out to dinner with, with this man and his family again. We all caught up for a family dinner and I told him, I was like, man, do you remember that, that email you sent me when you told me to stop posting on social media? And I, I could immediately, immediately see the regret on his face. And this is again, why I, I, I still very much look up to this guy. He's a very, very good man. I, I couldn't imagine what he must have been going through on that day that caused him to write that email to me. Clearly, he wasn't having a good day. And he reacted impulsively and, and told me to stop creating content. But as soon as I said this to him, I was like, man, could you imagine if if I actually stopped making content, if I stopped posting just because you had told me to? I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am today. I wouldn't have been able to help this many people. I wouldn't have my business. I wouldn't, I wouldn't anything. None of this would exist if I literally had just stopped posting content because you told me to. And he was very apologetic, very kind. And, and he basically said to the effect of, thank God you didn't stop posting. Thank God you ignored me. And the reason I want to tell this story is because there's this concept around caring what people think about you, right? And, and I might take a different spin on this than you might expect given what just happened. But I think it's fair to say all of us have both given and been given the advice not to care what other people think about you. I've given this advice. I've been given this advice. And usually this advice is given when we are in a situation in which we don't want to let what other people think about us prevent us from doing what we know is right. Now that I think is very different than not caring about what other people think. And this is sort of the distinction I wanna make here. I think telling someone not to care what other people think about you is a very, very bad idea. Because 
it's completely and utterly unrealistic. And the truth of the matter is we all care what people think about us, every single one of us. And if, and if you're about to say, well, I don't care, I don't care what other people think about me. Well, if you feel good when someone gives you a compliment, then you care what other people think about you. And again, that's normal. If you didn't care what other people thought about you, you'd be a psychopath or just a narcissist or something. You'd, something would be wrong with you if you literally didn't care what people thought about you. I think the important distinction to make here is it's not that you shouldn't care what people think about you. It's that you shouldn't allow what other people say to dictate your actions. And this goes back to that story where this guy that I admired, who I very strongly believe is a very good man, sent me an angry email one day, basically discouraging me from doing what I knew was right. He told me to stop posting content. Now, I very much cared what he thought. I was immediately angry. Immediately, I was angry and upset spoke to him very rudely. Clearly, I cared about what he thought. Clearly. If I didn't care, I wouldn't have had any emotion to it. But just because I cared about what he thought doesn't mean that I allowed what he said to dictate my subsequent actions. In fact, I used it to fuel more of that same action. I kept going and kept going and kept going. And so this is why I'm a very big proponent of making sure that we make this distinction between, yes, you not only are allowed to care what people think about you, but you should care what people think about you. Just don't allow it to dictate your actions. Now, there's another story I want to talk about because now I'm, I'm sort of going to keep flip-flopping back and forth because now we're going to talk about, well, maybe what other people say should potentially dictate your actions, right? Because now I start to think, well, if if we should never let what anybody ever what anybody else ever says dictate our actions, then what we're sort of saying here is that what you think is right is always right. And whatever action you think is right is always the right action. And clearly that's not true. And I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, I've had some really bad ideas and I've done some really stupid things. I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that they have the best ideas all the time and every action they take is always the right action. And sometimes it's a really smart idea to listen to what someone else has to say and take their advice based on the action that they recommend. Now, clearly in the first example with this guy emailing me and telling me to stop posting content, he was wrong. The action he wanted me to take was the wrong, incorrect action. And I'm very glad that I stood my ground and I kept doing what I know, what I knew was right. And what I still know today is right. However, I'm going to tell you another story now. So I coached Gary Vaynerchuk for three years straight. So from June 1st, 2016, to June 1st, 2019, I coached Gary Vaynerchuk every day for three years straight, seven days a week, no weekend breaks, no vacations. 
if he was in Hong Kong, I was in Hong Kong. If he was in Los Angeles, I was in Los Angeles. If he was in Germany, I was in Germany. If he was in Ireland, I was in Ireland. And if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, a quick Google search will show you he's one of the world's most prominent, foremost entrepreneurs ever. And he's truly a phenomenal human being. I very much look up to him. I admire him. He's a great mentor, great friend. Uh, we still speak very regularly. And I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to be his coach for three years straight. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about a time in which Gary gave me advice in which I was initially very resistant to it, but he was actually giving me the right advice. And I'm glad that I didn't do what I thought was right. So a little backstory, my father and I do not have much of a relationship. And when I say we don't have much of a relationship, I mean, we literally do not have a relationship. Uh, I don't really talk about this much on social media at all because, you know, something that's not easy to talk about. But my father and I, we haven't spoken in years at this point. And my parents separated when I was in high school, when I was 16. And a lot of people, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It was a great thing. My parents separating was one of the best things that ever happened because once they had separated and, you know, that the, my parents were in separate houses, it was great. It was a huge relief, a weight off of my shoulders. I think it was a weight off my brother's shoulders as well. And a weight off of my mom's shoulders too. So it was a good thing that they separated and it was a long time coming. But since they separated, basically my father and I, we, we distanced radically. And I think a lot of it is because while I was growing up, we didn't have a very good relationship to begin with. We didn't have a very strong relationship to begin with. To be more or less blunt about it, I just didn't really respect him and that's really it. And just to be fully open and honest, I mean, who knows? He, he literally might be listening to this in which you know, I think it's important to say, like, listen, I love him. But the truth is I didn't respect him based on a lot of the decisions I saw him making. And I think that's one of the reasons why we still don't have a relationship to this day. But I knew that he had moved to Florida and we hadn't spoken in several years and one time, Gary and I were in Florida. And Gary knew that's where my father lived. And Gary knew that I hadn't spoken to him in many years. And Gary was really the one person in my life who was continuously trying to get me to reach out to my father, to reestablish a relationship with him. And every single time we would talk about it, I'd get really upset and very defensive. And my emotional thought process, my, my heart, my mind, my soul, everything would get very defensive to the effect of saying, you don't know me. You don't know my relationship with him. How dare you be so presumptuous as to think it's, it's the right thing to tell me what I should do? which is to try and get back in touch with him. I was like, you don't know what he did, what happened. Like, you can't just say that to me. Just say, well, you should try and establish a relationship with him again. You should reach out to him again. And I would get really mad about it. And Gary could sense that. But he really kept pushing for it. 
And when I was in Florida one time, Gary was like, you should, you should reach out to your dad. You should see if you guys can get together. And the same feeling happened. The exact same where I was like getting defensive. I didn't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. But I decided to take his advice. So I reached out to my dad. And at this point, I think this is now, this is about three years ago now. I think it was two and a half, three years ago now. So I reached out to my father and he was very surprised to hear from me, but we ended up getting together for dinner and we went out, got dinner and we went our separate ways. And that was the last time I saw him. Uh, We spoke a few times after that on the phone, uh, but then it pittered out again. And essentially the reason being, I just, I didn't like the feeling that I got whenever we spoke. It just, it, there was a lot of talk about old events, past events. It was a very draining relationship on me. And I was like, I just, I don't want this in my life. So that was a decision that I made. But Gary was absolutely correct in advising me to reach out to him, to see him, to talk to him, to to reconnect in some way. And what I mean by that is when I'm 90 years old and I'm looking back on my life, I will not regret the time that I went, that I reached out to my father and went and had dinner with him. I will not regret that because now I can look back and say, at least I tried. At least I pushed outside my comfort zone. I tried. I put my resentment aside. I put every like ill feeling to the side and I gave it a shot. And on the other hand, had I not listened to Gary, God forbid some tragedy happened or something, I might have regretted not doing that forever. It might have been like the single greatest regret I ever had. So I'm incredibly grateful to now look back on that situation and say, I'm glad I didn't do what I wanted to do. I'm glad that I took the advice of someone else who who realistically I thought in some cases was being very presumptuous, sort of butting his head in. But the reality was that he was right and I was wrong. And I'm very lucky and grateful and blessed that I had him there to sort of push me to do it. And that I was at that point open-minded enough to actually try it because had I not, it could have easily become one of my, the greatest regrets of my life. So here we are, two stories deep. And on one hand, I'm saying... It's very normal to care what people think about you, but don't allow what other people think about you to dictate your actions. And on the other hand, I'm saying still, again, it's very normal to care what other people think about you, but don't be so close-minded as to think that someone else might not have a really good idea and that maybe your idea of a perfect action actually isn't so perfect after all. And where do I go from here? What what in the hell can I possibly say? I'm basically contradicting myself left and right. On one hand, I'm saying, do what you know is right. And on the other hand, I'm saying, but also know 
what other people might say is right could actually be the right answer and you should be able to put your ego aside and take their advice, right? So I'll, I'll tell another story. When I did the Big Mac Challenge, so if you haven't seen the Big Mac Challenge, you go to my YouTube channel, Jordan Syatt, J-O-R-D-A-N-S-Y-A-T-T, and it's the featured video. I eat one Big Mac a day every day for 30 days. And the purpose of this was not to show that Big Macs are healthy. They're they're not. They're not like a health food. Uh, the purpose wasn't to get people to eat more Big Macs. That wasn't my goal with it. The goal was to show people that you can have a slice of pizza at your daughter's birthday party and not feel guilty about it. And the purpose was to show that you could have a slice of cake at your nephew's graduation ceremony and not starve yourself the next day to make up for the damage. The whole purpose was to show that you can enjoy your favorite foods in moderation and still make progress. So over the course of those 30 days in which I ate one Big Mac a day every day, I lost seven pounds in the process. And again, go watch that whole mini documentary to get a feel for what exactly happened, how I did it, blah, blah, blah. But when I first started doing that challenge, I got a lot of kickback. And when I say a lot of kickback, I mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of negative, nasty, mean comments, messages, posts, articles written about me being like, this guy says he's in the health and fitness industry, but he's encouraging people to eat more Big Macs. He's eating Big Macs every single day, saying it's healthy. Now, clearly they had a very skewed idea of what I was trying to do. But it was brutal. Like It was a very, very difficult time for me in the first two weeks or so of that experiment because a huge amount of the reactions I was getting was negativity and anger and resentment. And it was, it was very difficult for me. There were a couple of times in which I thought, you know, maybe I'm just not going to do this. But I kept going. Even though... I cared what people were saying and even though even though it made me feel really bad that people were were upset and angry and saying mean things about me I knew the right thing to do was to keep going with that experiment because I knew the potential benefits of it were outrageous and as you if you go see the video hundreds of thousands of views on it and even Equally, if not more important, you can see the like to dislike ratio on the video is ridiculous. Thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of likes on, the, on that video. The comments are just overwhelmingly positive and thankful and gracious. I still to this day believe that that challenge was the single best piece of content I've ever made and the single most impactful piece of content I've ever made and the single piece of content I'm most proud of that I've ever made. So this is sort of going back to the idea, well, I, you can, it's normal to care what people think about you. When people were saying all these things about me and, and making all these posts and comments about this Big Mac challenge, if someone told me, well, don't care what they think about you, it wouldn't have helped because the truth is I did care what they thought. And so if you do care what people think and someone's saying, well, just don't care about it, that's like when you're talking to a spouse and you just say to your spouse, hey, just calm down. Hey, relax. Don't be mad. It's like you try and say that to your spouse, you're in for a world of hurt. Like that's not a good thing to say because 
if someone's mad or upset or angry or whatever, and you tell them, hey, just calm down, it's essentially negating how they feel. And it doesn't do anything to help the problem. So if someone says, well, just don't care about what they think, it's like, but I do care. So does that mean something is wrong with me because I care? No, 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 no. Nothing is wrong with you because you care about what other people think. The mistake would be allowing what they think to cause you to not do what you know is right. That's really the crux of the issue here. And the same thing with the guy who told me to stop posting social media content. I knew what was right. I knew that continuing to post was going to help people and it was going to be right. Now, going to the other situation, which Gary told me to reach out to my father, I think deep, deep, deep down, I knew he was right. But it was very difficult for me to dig that deep, if you will. It was very difficult for me to be objective enough to get to the point in which I was able to see this is actually the right decision. So I think when we really boil this down, number one is be okay with understanding it's normal to care what other people think about you. That's number one. It's normal to care. And if someone says not to care, well, they don't know what they're talking about because it's part of being human. It's human nature. We care what people think about us. But you can't let what people think about you allow you, you can't let what people think about you to dictate your actions and especially to prevent you from doing what you know is right. On the other hand, you can't allow yourself to get in the way of doing what is right, even if it's not comfortable, even if you don't want to do it, and even if someone, is, someone else is telling you, hey, this is the right thing to do. I think it's very important to be open-minded enough, open-hearted enough to take what someone else is telling you, especially a friend, family member, someone close to you, a colleague, someone who cares about you, listen to what they're saying and just understand maybe they have a point. You might have a lot of resistance to it and they might not fully understand the situation, but they probably have your best interest at heart. And again, I'm sure just like the guy who had my best interest at heart when he emailed me and said, stop posting social media content, but I knew what was right, so I stuck to my guns. On the other hand, with Gary telling me to reach out to my father, I was very resistant to that. And it took a lot, a lot, a lot of self-awareness and open-mindedness and open-heartedness to get to the point in which I could say, you know what, he's right. I hope that these stories and messages have been able to help you in some way. I hope that it's opened your mind and your heart in some way. And I hope that if you're struggling with caring what people think about you because you think you shouldn't, I hope that you now feel more comfortable knowing it's okay to care what people think about you. Just don't let that prevent you from doing what you know is right. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you do, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Have a wonderful day. Talk to you soon.